1: And welcome to episode 72 of the Manage Mental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up-and-comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. This podcast is propelled by your input and feedback, so please rate and review and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show. I am your host, Mr. Blasco, and as always, I am joined by my good friend, the co-host from the other coast, Mr. Mike Mowry.
0: What up, Blasco? Where are you in the world uh, this week that we're recording?
1: I'm currently hubbing out of
0: London, England. Oh, nice, man. What, uh, good weather over there this time of year?
1: It, I'm looking out the window now, and it's for England, or for London, I should say, it's actually uh, pretty average. You
0: know, I'm not going <laughs> to lie, uh, the weather to me when i've traveled has made a huge difference and a sunny warm day in london is almost just as good as as a sunny warm day anywhere else to me i really like that town
1: yeah agreed so we're uh we're getting ready we're doing uh download on sunday and then we're uh, hitting the, uh Metal Hammer Awards on Monday where Zach is giving Ozzy some Lifetime Achievement Award thing wow. and uh, so that's that's, cool. that's, uh, that's my weekend that's in front of us there
0: you go so by the time this one airs you will have already rocked uh, download and everyone listening will be be ready to be tuned in to to Zach giving Ozzy a Lifetime Achievement Award it's pretty epic my yeah. man I will hopefully be celebrating uh, the Washington Capitals win of the Stanley Cup but, uh, you know, tonight as we record is game five, which the Capitals have a commanding three to one lead. But, you know, not holding my breath. I'm just going to wait and see what happens.
1: You never know, right? You
0: don't ever know. And the best thing about it is we do know some stuff. And what we know is <laughs> managing bands. <and> getting <laughs> them. So I'll get us back on track because I like to yeah, divert us. Yeah. <laughs>
1: In the uh, last episode, we chatted about how to write emails to the industry. That was a really great episode, so check it out if you haven't already. Today's episode is sponsored by our buddies at rockabilia.com. Go check them out for the awesomest collection of officially licensed band merch on the planet. Use our code PCJabberJaw and get 15% off your entire order.
0: Yeah, I've said it once and I'll say it again. Really happy with uh, the support that the guys over at uh, Rockabilly give not only our show, but uh, the network, Jabberjaw Media. So big props to them. If you're looking for any merchandise, uh, they've got 500,000 plus. Unique items from all the genres, every genre that you could even imagine, maybe even some some made-up genres in your mind. I bet you could find some stuff. But, um, yeah, really, really happy that they're on board helping us. So when you're in the market for merchandise, please head over to rockabilly.com and use our code PCJabberJob for 15% off. Tell them Blasco and Mike sent you, and uh, they'll show us even more love. Thanks.
1: Uh, This week, we discuss an article I found on the Huffington Post, of all places, called The Music Industry Formula for Success Does Exist. This is going to be killer, so let's get mental. Yeah, boy. So, Mike, um, you know, as I uh, scanned the interwebs for ideas for our episodes, um, you know, what comes to mind is... What is our listener's number one pain point? What is the question that they want the answer to? And that is, how do I succeed in the music business? So I Google that. How, how does one succeed in the music business? And what comes out is sometimes a wealth of uh, interesting articles. This being one, and, and and the Huffington Post popped up, and I was like, what? Really? Uh, so I had to check that one out, right? So this guy um, uh, Patrick Hess wrote this article. Now the article was written with this like analogy of his mom's cooking, which I sort of extracted for our episode because it just felt silly to me. Um, but we'll include the link in the show notes if you'd like to read the full article.
0: Yeah, and as a guy who is uh, recording just before lunch, I'm glad you took that out because I might get <laughs> distracted by food. Um, I hear you. I mean, what's interesting is, you know, I look at our article here and it was originally written in 2014 with an update in late 2017 so that there is some, you know, it's appropriate timing wise and I do recall, you know, the Huffington Post at one point had it where uh, You know, I don't know what you would call it, but there was people who could contribute. They had like outside contributors. And I don't know what the qualifications were. Um, And then at some point they took that away. Were you ever privy to to that and any of the relationships that existed with um, some people? But I
1: was not I actually don't know much about the Huff Post Yeah,
0: it's interesting because there was a time when like when we were looking for premieres for some of our artists, we would get, you know, videos or, or singles up on Huff Post and I was always wondering how we did it. And then I inquired with one of our publicists and and there were people, you know, I don't know what the qualifications were, you know, to just they could just be contributors. And then I don't know, um, you know, I obviously don't know much in in explaining this, <laughs> but mm-hmm. my understanding is they revoked that from these contributors and went back to you know trusted or you know i guess whatever more vetted resources. so I'm curious you know what this guy's role is, Mr. Hess, and uh if he snuck it in during that time period, but regardless, um I'm excited to go through this one with you because uh I'm still looking for that formula for success um yes. Well, let's see, let's
1: see what he says. His article starts off. I thought I'd lay out a simple checklist of the ingredients that most know to be necessary, but tweak the expected outcomes to match the current reality. So number one, timing. One of the most frustrating parts of being an artist today is understanding that timing is everything, no matter how much talent, charisma, good looks, or whatever, uh, or whatever other ingredient you may think is important. Timing is one thing that trumps everything.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt in any of our minds that timing is an incredibly important factor in everything. I mean, you know, we talk about sometimes there's bands who are too early, right? You know, they're at the forefront of a genre and the world isn't quite ready for it. Um, you know, take refused with the shape of punk to come, mm-hmm. right? 20 years That's ago right. when that came out, It just it was ahead of its time. And it's amazing when you're able to look back and have, you know, that groundbreaking review and say, wow, they, you know, what an impact. But at the time, it just went over everybody's head. So there's countless other examples of things that were too early, too late or just missed the mark. But there is no doubt that timing plays a factor.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, I don't know if I agree that you have to, like, if someone has to really be overly concerned about timing, whereas it just happens. Like, I'm pretty sure Kurt Cobain didn't uh, go like, (laughs) wow, you know, there's all these like cock rock bands out there. If I did the opposite, we would be we would be popular and we would create a a, a new generation. We would create a movement of music. Like I'm I'm pretty sure that he didn't sit back and be so overly analytical about the situation, right? It just, kind of it just happened he, it was it was around at the time when the world needed a band like that and him as the voice for that generation but i don't think that you can reverse engineer that
0: yeah i would agree i mean there's there's just no real control that you have over it but the acknowledgement that it does play a factor um i don't think either one of us can deny but i again i i wouldn't spend anytime worrying, oh my goodness, I've got this material that I think is great. Maybe nobody's doing it. I've got talent, charisma, good looks, and all that, but I'm going to wait until, you know, the world is ready for it. It's like, no, you got to get it out there. If the world isn't ready for it, so be it. Uh, if it is ready for it, then you're going to make that Nirvana type splash.
1: Yep. Uh, number two demand, much like any product in the free market music has various levels of demand. If an artist is serving a local area well, the demand may seem big, but on a larger scale, their product will likely get lost on the shelves of the consumer's favorite store. Creating demand for your music is difficult and most artists get discouraged long before they make it.
0: It's interesting about how he says creating
1: demand for your music.
0: Um, I mean Again, this is one where there's no doubt that uh, you know if if you are in demand, your chances of success are going to be much bigger. But I don't know exactly how much control the artist has over it. Um, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, this one is kind of once again like I don't I, I don't put much stock in because you really can't quantify it. Um, you, you know, it's like if anything, I'd be like you know, pay attention to supply and demand, and whenever there becomes, if you're in the fortunate position to where there is a demand for your band, then you need to start to put those wheels in motion and be aware of what the forward momentum is and how to take control of that, right? And how to how to be in control of your demand versus your supply because you you know you want your demand to grow. Yeah. Um, so you
0: know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe one thing that threw me off here is when he talks about getting lost on store shelves, and since there are no more stores that really stock records on their shelves, um, you know, and acknowledging that this was originally written in 2014, I can see you know, we talk about this all the time in terms of demand in in, in the touring market, right? Where, you know, when bands, you you know, I've had so many artists that, that equate being busy with moving towards success. So if they're not touring, let's say during a summer, they worry that that means they're getting behind when in fact, when things have, a lot, or made it so they can't tour during a certain period that they normally would have, and being absent from the market that does create more demand. So I do think, in terms of how quickly you release material, uh, in terms of how frequently you hit particular markets, that is a place where an artist, you know, can control the the supply versus demand, and is an important factor to pay attention to.
1: Yep. Number three. Talent. This is probably the most obvious ingredient on the list, but one that is so completely misunderstood. Instead of giving my personal definition of talent, it's enough to say that a total package evaluation of an artist is a better definition of talent and will allow more people to endorse the artist if we accept the diversity of perspectives.
0: Interesting. Total package evaluation of an artist.
1: Um, so what he's saying is that it's like whenever we say talent it's not about your level of shreddability right. it's not how complicated your music is right it's it's talent in and of itself as as that you've locked yourself in in a closet and you are the biggest and baddest shredder on the world it, like that doesn't matter as much as the whole Package yeah. of your image, your value, your songs, you, you, how you how you engage with your fan base, how you build a fan base, what your live show is—all that talent is one slice of the pie.
0: Yeah, I mean, how many times have you and I had guys who go or or girls who can sing right, or they can shred, but they can't actually write a great song, you know, or they don't have the you know the marketing component, all you know dialed in and so okay I respect that and do understand where he's coming from and would agree um you know I've worked with tons of artists who you know unfortunately think that because they are quote-unquote talented that means that they don't need to seek any outside input or help right you know when we try to send them in with producers who can hopefully you know take the factors of their talent that get in their own way, you know, kind of help remove those, they, you know, the artists themselves stand in the way of that because they, they think that their talent will trump, uh, you know, any of these outside factors. So I absolutely agree with this one, looking at the, uh, the, the total package.
1: You know, it's interesting uh, when you think of the entertainment business, so, you know, uh, music and acting, right? Entertainment. Um, and then conversely, you think of sports. What's the, what's the visible difference is that in entertainment, the most successful people aren't the most talented people, but in sports, the most successful people are the most talented people. You know what I mean? So in that way, if you're looking at that type of analogy, like talent don't think of talent as skill, right? Think of talent as your brand.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you almost entirely. That said, you know, as a guy who's sitting here talking about hockey, you know, arguably the Washington capitals have the most talented player in the league. If not one of them, Alexander Ovechkin who has to date not won a Stanley cup 13 years in, hopefully we change that this year, but you know, there is a total package component of it at the same time. Look at basketball. You've got LeBron James right now, arguably. I mean, they're talking about him being on the level of Michael Jordan. You know, there's there's that discussion of who is the best player ever in the NBA. Yet mm-hmm. it looks like LeBron might not win this year because of not being surrounded by the right team. But I do get where you're coming from. It's like, you know, I'm making a little point just to, put a slight clarification on there, but you are right. You know, in sports, in places where it's more objective, correct? We measure statistics. You know, Zach Wild might be one of the top 10, you know, guitar players of all time. You might tell me top five since you manage him. Um, you know, but that in and of itself doesn't make him, you know, in the biggest band in the world. He happens yep. to be there, you know, <laughs> in one of them right now, but on his own, it might not necessarily be that because it isn't, you know, the objective doesn't trump the subjective, which is people's, you know, connection with music,
1: their, you know, in own
0: interpretation of it, right?
1: Yep. Uh, number four, image, brand. The appearance and what an artist talks about and stands for can all be critical in maximizing success. Knowing your platform and what makes you stand out among the competition regarding your image is very important. Too many artists get obsessed with trying to replicate what is already popular in the music scene. The consumer of music likes originality, but also like something that they are already familiar with.
0: Yeah, this is incredibly important and I've seen it firsthand with the number of the artists that I've managed. You know, once they finally figure out what makes them unique and really hone in on that and, you know, don't completely dive off the deep end and only, you know, chase that one component of it or emphasize it, but they use it as their X factor. Right. So whatever music scene they're in, they, they they keep that common ground, but really emphasize, you know, that factor that makes them unique. That's where the success really starts to come. And for everybody out there, you know, who's just getting started or, you know, is in a developing act that takes time to really know what is your unique, you know, direction, your unique vision. So don't think that you've got to have it figured out day one, because there's plenty of artists who I've managed where. You know, it took three, four, five years of us, you know, working together before that really started to become clear. But once it does, you know, and you should start thinking about it right now, what is it that? That you, is it your lyrics, is it your, you know, whatever it may be that makes your brand and image unique, start to hone in on that, start to reinforce it and start to, you know, plan for when you do have that foundation built and can really use that uniqueness to maximize your chances of success.
1: Yeah, I mean, to, look to me. This is one of the most important uh, aspects that he's talking about here. Is um, and there's like a for instance, there's a buddy of mine. He has a band, and he was like, "Hey, man, can you you know kind of critique you know wh- you know what's going on? We're, you know we're not really moving the needle and, and stuff." And and I was like, "Yeah, great, you know." Uh, and so his band is sort of like this active rock very middle of the road, non-offensive in any way, sonically competitive with everything on active rock radio, right? Like he's, he's, he's right there in the ballpark. You really couldn't tell the difference between his band or any other band on the radio. But I was like, but I go, but, but you're not saying anything, you know, I go, you gotta, you gotta take a step back and you gotta really think about what it is that you stand for? Like, if you're going to write a mission statement, which may seem daunting, but like, what exactly is is it that you stand for? Like, what are you trying to accomplish? Like, who is your audience? Like, who are you the Who are you the voice of? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I mean, that may sound like overly complicated. Of like, oh well, I just wanted to play in a rock band or whatever. But if he wasn't coming to me, acknowledging that there's a problem, right? then that's that's my job to go look if you're telling me that you're kind of hitting a wall early on potentially what it is is you're what he says in this article is that too many artists get obsessed with trying to replicate what is already popular and it's like man do we need another active rock band
0: totally and you know on the flip side you know i work with um You know, an artist who has a very unique and defined vision and sometimes the challenge that that those of us that are advising them say is, well, it's so unique and though it is super cool, it's not relatable enough you know, like you're doing all these really cool things on the broad level, but your lyrics might not be something that actually connects with a larger audience. It's going to connect with that, the people that emphasize the exact same things that you do, but you've got to make sort of like you're saying, it's like, we both are talking about things on opposite ends of the spectrum. You got this one thing that you're saying is like completely just like, unrelatable because it's weak. And on the other side, you know, it's completely unrelatable because it's so defined. And so, yes, there is a happy medium that does exist of what's different, but what's also quote unquote the same, or I think a better term would be relatable to, you know, the, the, the
1: masses, right? Yep. Uh, number five, experience. There's no substitute for experience. I'm talking how you've weathered the storm of the life of an artist. How many gigs went wrong and you overcame and still did the show? How many times were you rejected by the industry executive you thought for sure would sign you up or put you on a tour? How many times have you read reviews or comments online that make you out to be a joke for an artist, yet you still keep trying? Labels and venue owners, as well as consumers of music, all can tell when your experience is at a level of professionalism.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, we all, uh, wanted (laughs) or would love to work with artists to explode, you know, right out of the gates. And for some it does. And then once the, uh, missteps or once, you know, just the, the factors of, of, uh, reality start to come into play and and things are harder it is challenging for them but i think you know just you and i one of our values here on this podcast is we have experience right we've fumbled through things we've failed we've had successes and many of the artists that we've worked with have as well and it is such a valuable component of it um you know it's interesting one of the artists who i work with uh, I was I was telling him that a, another artist had to get a replacement, you know, fill in guitar player. And he said, you know, what I would tell them is every time my band has gotten a fill in guitar player, it's actually made us better in some way. You know, it seemed like a challenge at the time. It was completely shitty circumstances. But every time that person who filled in either, you know, made us tighter because we had to practice more. They had different experiences. So they, you know, gave us a different perspective. And so sometimes, you know, regardless of whether or not, you know, what, what's occurring is, you know, seems like it's convenient or not. It, it, that experience is what allows you to become more, you know, have a large, I guess, work towards a greater chance of success is what I'm trying to say.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd equate experience to maybe simply something along the lines of being road tested, because none of us want to get involved in a situation that implodes on itself because it wasn't road tested, meaning that as a group of guys that are jamming themselves into tight quarters for extended lengths of time... You got to go out there and figure out if that's even what you want to do, because this business is not for everyone, right? And a lot of people aren't willing to make the sacrifice that it takes. And the bummer is for someone like you, Mike, who whether it's on a management level or on a label level, right? You if you get into a situation where you got these guys and they put the machine together for the first time and they go out there and the thing implodes on itself because they're like, wow. I thought this was way easier than what was advertised. <laughs> you know oh, I mean? totally.
0: No. And I mean, look, it, that's been the the interesting part of the way that the music industry has changed. And, you know, we've talked about it in countless past episodes about how, you know, the old days you had to get in a room and, and practice and, and go tour and figure things out long before you had the chance of recording. But since, you know, the, the means for recording have have become so expansive and, and, and affordable, so many bands do that first. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying what happens is you can get bands who write great material, record great material, and think, oh, my God, this is going to be fantastic. We're going to go out and, you know, take over the world. <laughs> then they get on their first tour, and you got three guys who missed their mom's cooking to go back to the food reference. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and and they break up or they quit. And so you're right. I mean, you know, experience is in that, in that case is such an important factor as
1: well. Yep. Uh, work ethic, an artist who is not recklessly working, but organized and committed to a disciplined routine of practice and getting better will be successful. It will show in everything they say and do on and off stage.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is, it's, I don't know, man, it's, it's interesting to me because sometimes I think that work ethic doesn't really mean shit. And I, I guess it's when talent or when the whole package trumps any ability to just go and quote unquote, work hard. Right. I mean, there are Mm -hmm. artists who just have it, you know, they're born with it or they have, uh, you know, been been gifted, their their life has made them into something that is an undeniable force. And they don't have to work at it in the same way that you or I might, or countless of the artists that we we manage might, you know, I value a strong work ethic and absolutely think that it helps move people towards success. But I've seen it where I'm like, holy shit, how is that person so damn successful? Because they don't seem to work hard at all. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, that's true, man. I mean, you know, I don't even know that I got much to add. I think uh I think you're totally right on that. Um uh the next one, mentors and advisors. Who you align yourself with along the way can make all the difference. It's a very necessary and very frustrating balance to have mentors and advisors. As an artist continues their process of becoming known, they will figure out personalities along the way and avoid the sharks and find the trustworthy allies who will help them succeed.
0: I mean, this to me is one of the most important things, you know, mainly because I like to think that myself, and I'm sure you like to think of yourself as a trusted, you know, mentor and advisor. That's Mm -hmm. the role that I've played countless times with artists and, you know, I think what what's different about me and it is that's genuinely what i like to help artists do i understand that it's not going to be easy i understand that there's times that i'm just going to get really frustrated but you know for whatever reason i i take pride in guiding people through this crazy business without trying to take advantage of them, and you know, at certain times it's it's backfired on me. Uh, but that doesn't take away from my desire to continue to do that. And so, I think this is a really important factor. What about yourself?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I I, I think anybody listening to this podcast uh, is is doing the right thing. It's like you're kind of you know you're in the mindset of like, I don't know everything. So I need to reach out and educate myself. And so I feel like you can pat yourself on the back if you're listening to this, because the reason why you're listening to this is because you know that you do need some advisement, right? And yes, um, I believe that success in a lot of ways does equate to the team, a band builds around themselves, right? Because How many times have you seen, you know, the adverse of where like there's this great band, but they have this idiot team around them and the shit just all falls in on itself because, you know, they didn't make good decisions along the way to surround themselves with people that they trusted.
0: Yeah. I mean, you you hit the nail on the head there.
1: Well, record sales and radio play. Sadly, the path to record sales and getting on radio is like a vicious circle chase. Emerging artists know this all too well, and it's a nightmare cycle to get stuck in. Even hitting radio doesn't equate record sales or vice versa. It's complicated, but a vital ingredient in success.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you know obviously we talk about this was written in 2014 originally and updated in 2017. And I don't know which part of this was updated, but, you know, as you and I navigate the business, you know, for our artists, uh, you know, here moving into the summer of 2018. Yeah. Radio still is a factor. Um, but obviously the streaming services are a huge factor as well. Um, you know, I think what I would say is you can't count on radio to be the thing that makes you successful you know, if you're already a great band and you get that component added to it, then, you know, hopefully that, that raises, you know, that's the, the, the tide that helps raise all your ships. But we have this saying you're chasing radio, which is you're just trying to write songs that you think are going to get on the radio. And that has never seemed to work. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think regardless of whether it's radio play, spotify you know playlists or whatever if you're a great band that focuses on your great art and takes into account so many of these other things that we've already gone over that is going to give you a better chance of success than just being an artist who gets a song on the radio
1: yeah i'm gonna have two things to add to this one is that radio is really one of the last great points of curation uh in that there's so much music out there, right? It's, I mean, it's a relatively level playing field. We can all put our music on Spotify right next to all the greatest artists of all time. Um, So radio is that thing that signifies to the average person that listens to radio, that this is what is out there. I kind of think that there's a very small percentage of people that rely on you know blogs like pitchfork or consequence of sound right that's a very particular type of hipster person that finds music discovery that way but i would think by and large the bulk of the world right their curated music discovery is via terrestrial radio yeah no 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 yep um, so it is important. However, my point of this is is that I feel like that still works in pop and urban and potentially country. I don't think that it has as much to do with rock anymore as it once did. Here's my example. So one of the bands that I manage released a record within a week of another band that got released and it was on the same label, right? So understand this, same label, roughly same release date. Both albums went out into the world. My artist didn't get on active rock radio, right? And the other artist on the label has a number one song at active rock radio. However, in terms of record sales, my artist had double the amount of the band that was released at the same time on the same label that had a number one song at active rock radio, <laughs> half the amount of sales.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, so without knowing exactly what artists you're talking about, I could ask questions like, well, Does that artist play larger shows? Can they command a higher ticket price? Do they potentially sell more merchandise? Or is it all a wash and none of it really matters? They're on the radio and all factors or at least the majority of the factors for your artists are greater. Those are the things that sometimes, you know, it's like, I guess, you know, for me, When it comes to all of it with an artist is what's the totality? You know, when you want to talk about the total package of an artist, you know, in regards to talent, I also talk about the totality of their business, as I know you do, too. So record sales is, of course, something very important, but it's looking at what are the whole streams of the incomes and how does that affect things? Can radio help? Typically, yes, but you're right. In some cases, in certain areas, it might not help at all.
1: I mean, potentially one thing that he uh, neglected to include here as one of the ingredients is goals. It's, It's maybe important for a band to kind of take a step back and look at the state of the industry because really... Everything is transparent now, you know, for, for the most part. And so goals of like, what kind of band is it that you want to be, right? Like, oh, I like band X. I like what they're doing. I want, uh, I want to align my goals with what their success is. Now, is their success tickets and t-shirts or is their success radio, Right or or what have you or maybe it's some you know weird combination of 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 both or whatever. But I I think understanding your goals helps you make a clear path as to what your destination is. Right, it may not be where you end up getting to, but I think going into it, it helps the band as well as the team that gets built around you of what the goals are you know i mean there's a lot of bands that could give two shits about being on the radio they just want to build a sustainable career because radio doesn't necessarily equate to a sustainable career on the other hand there could be a band that's just like all i want nothing else than for my mom to hear my song on the radio and that to them is their definition of success so i feel like really understanding what your goal is could be helpful to you and everyone else around you.
0: Yeah, completely. And the final stamp I'll put on that is, you know, as you set your goals and as reality kind of, you know, helps you shape whether those goals are, are, are achievable or not is something that you've got to factor in as well. Um, you know, and that leads us into that last part of
1: flexibility. Flexibility. Sometimes an artist thinks they have the right song, right live show, right amount of fans, right venues, right advisors, some cash coming in, right amount of exposure, but nothing's happening. Nobody is calling to sign them or ask ask them to tour with a major artist. This is where flexibility comes in. Being able to adjust to do things differently from time to time is often the epiphany needed for that breakthrough you've always hoped for.
0: Yeah, I mean, you have to look at. I mean, you know, the beauty of of today's industry is the ability to get almost immediate feedback. Right? Mm-hmm. It's you put something out there. You know, I've had artists say, well, you know, should we take this shirt design or that shirt design? I say, well, why don't you throw them up online to your fans and see who, you know, who prefers which one? You know, don't equate if 7,000 people comment on it that you're going to sell 7,000 shirts. But do understand if, you know, three quarters of the crowd wants the red shirt over the blue shirt. Well, maybe that's your factor. The same thing with your music. You know, I've had so many bands where we thought the team thought that the, The lead single was going to be the one that popped off. And you know what? It didn't react in the same way to the fans. And it was the hidden track, the track that none of us really thought, you know, maybe it was going to be the third single or the fourth single if we ever got there. And that's the one that takes the commanding lead because, hell, we can go see, you know, on the streaming services what people are listening to. And you have to take that into consideration you know and 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 that's after the fact you know before the fact i've got an artist who's about to release an album later this year and you know i think i even included you i there were some decisions that i was encouraging them to try to make to change certain things and i sent it around to you know a couple handfuls mm-hmm. of trusted resources and the feedback to me was you know, a little bit different than what the artist was doing. So I was able to take that to them and and present it to them and they digested it. And it's really, you know, you have to be able to get out of your own way sometimes. You know, the best artists, they are unique, they are driven, you know, they've got talent, but they're able to understand that they might not always be 100% right. And if they'll take into consideration, you know, everyone around them, that the, the little factors that they're trying to ask them to make, uh, that's when I think you've really got a best chance of success.
1: So he wraps up the article like this. Uh, I'm sure my list could continue with words like passion, commitment, opportunity, networking, etc. There are a lot of adjectives and nouns we can add to the list to help define the keys to success. Depending on your end game, success is something you should never declare for yourself. Never be satisfied with the level you're at for too long because it will disappear over time and you'll find yourself getting hungry again. The appetite for good music and artists is insatiable. The ability for you to continue to adapt and adjust in the music industry is critical if you are to survive.
0: Yeah, I mean, well summarized. I don't really have anything to add. This has been a fun one to to chat about.
1: Super awesome. Well, that concludes episode 72. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. We will be back here next week. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blasco1313. We encourage you to email us any questions or comments you may have for the podcast to me directly at askblasco at gmail.com. If you have listened this far, much respect to you for making efforts to educate yourselves and taking your future into your own hands. Mike, any final parting thoughts?
0: No, I just want to say this is uh, another fun episode. Thanks for digging it up. Hope you stay safe across the pond and have some amazing uh, shows on the rest of this run. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike And if you're looking for a little bit deeper dive into furthering your career, head over to OuterloopCoaching.com. Last but not least, we've got our friends at Rockabilia who sponsor this episode, our show as a whole, and the network Jabberjaw Media. So pay them a visit at rockabilia.com When you select one of their over 500,000 items for yourself and go to checkout, use the code PCJABBERJAW for 15% off. Tell them Blasco and Mike sent you. And last but last but last but last but not least... Uh, Check out all the other shows on com. We've really got some great stuff going on. And uh, let's go Caps.
1: (laughs) Yeah, thanks everyone. Peace.